When Aileen Weintraub was four months pregnant, she felt a sharp pain in her uterus. After a visit to her doctor, she was diagnosed with three large fibroids. Fibroids are non-cancerous growths that often appear in the uterus during childbearing years. One of them was pressing on Weintraub's cervix, putting her at greater risk of miscarriage and premature birth. Her obstetrician said that going on strict bed rest would help get Weintraub safely through her pregnancy. Weintraub trusted the advice, wanting the best outcome for her unborn child. She went home, ate a grilled cheese sandwich, then went to bed and stayed there for the next five months. There was so much boredom. And, you know, social media wasn't even a big thing back then, so I couldn't even waste time. I tried to read and I couldn't focus. I did a lot of thinking. I watched some TV. I watched some movies. I talked on the phone quite a bit. It was a really hard time. Sometimes I just went onto my deck and was on the patio and would just stare into space. It was a lot of boredom, a lot of just trying to get through, not even day by day, but minute by minute sometimes. She only got up to use the bathroom, take quick two-minute showers, and sit on her front porch for a few minutes every day whenever she became desperate for a change of scenery. Weintraub writes about her experience in her book, Knocked Down, a high-risk memoir. I didn't realize how long-lasting the trauma of bed rest would be. It took years to process how much I had given up. And I am so incredibly grateful and lucky because I had a healthy baby boy, not to give away the end of the book, but I think that women hold on to so much shame around their bodies when their bodies fail them and so much guilt. And that's why I wrote Knockdown is because I wanted to put my story out there. I wanted to give it light and space. And in doing so, I hope other women can feel that they can let go of their shame and guilt and tell their stories. Although Weintraub was pregnant 18 years ago, 87% of U.S. clinicians still prescribe bed rest as the number one intervention for high-risk pregnancies, according to the National Institutes of Health. And yet there's no research that shows prolonged bed rest prevents preterm labor. In fact, Study after study reveals that bed rest is harmful to a woman's physical and emotional health. Dr. Michelle Matola is an embryologist and professor in the Schulich School of Medicine and Dentistry at the University of Western Ontario. She's also the director of the R. Samuel McLaughlin Foundation's Exercise and Pregnancy Laboratory. The evidence is suggesting that indeed that if there is activity restriction in a pregnant woman's life, that there are many side effects of that. Which she says is similar to what happens with astronauts who spend time in outer space. They were without gravity for a length of time and they have done a lot of research on microgravity issues with individuals that were activity restricted or bed rested because they were trying to simulate what would happen in space. And there are physiological issues Things like they lose weight, they lose muscle mass. This is non-pregnant individuals. They have issues with bone density. They have psychosocial issues. And so you can see that how this might potentially also be an issue with those individuals who are pregnant as well. So even though bed rest is one of the most prescribed interventions for pregnancy, Dr. Cynthia Jamfrey Bannerman says it's not necessarily the right decision. 
I can't tell you how many times I've seen a patient in the beginning of her pregnancy. She comes to me as a high-risk doctor and she says, when will I go on bed rest? <laughs> the answer is you will not. <laughs> That's just, it's so ingrained. And then people think, oh, they're not taking care of me because they're not putting me on bed rest. So there's so much kind of psychological secondary gains and things going on, but it's not based on data at all. So that's why in the choosing wisely that, well, I think both SMFM and ACOG have said the same thing, that a patient should not be placed on bed rest because there's no data to support it. Jamfrey Bannerman is a professor and chair of obstetrics, gynecology, and reproductive sciences at the University of California at San Diego. She's also president-elect of the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine. In 2021, the Society published a list of 20 things physicians and patients should question in high-risk obstetrics as part of the Choosing Wisely initiative. The campaign promotes in-depth conversations between patients and doctors to prevent unnecessary medical treatments and procedures. Number eight on that list is don't place women, even those at high risk, on activity restriction to prevent preterm birth. While producing this story, Radio Health Journal reached out to several OBGYN clinics that include bed rest guidelines on their websites. None of them returned our repeated phone calls and emails. That's the controversy that nobody wants to admit it, <laughs> that they actually are prescribing because they shouldn't be, but then they don't have an alternative. And I think from a clinical perspective, it's probably better to err on the side of caution and have the individual hospitalized and receive immediate care if anything does happen, than to not have that happen. However, Jamfrey Bannerman disagrees. She says that there's no reason she would ever prescribe bed rest to a patient, not even for large fibroids pressing on the cervix. Fibroids are incredibly common in pregnancy, and so I've never recommended bed rest for fibroids. If someone is in preterm labor, then we can treat preterm labor. So if there's signs of effacement and, and that type of thing, there are ways to mitigate preterm labor with medications. If someone's in labor, if someone is not in labor and they're just shortening their cervix, there are potential interventions there. Vaginal progesterone is an option. Cerclage can be an option. But bed rest is never the treatment. The treatment Jamfrey Bannerman mentions called cerclage is a vaginal surgical procedure. The doctor sews a stitch around the cervix to keep it closed, preventing premature birth. These types of interventions provide alternative options to bed rest, which Matola says often worsens complications like high blood pressure and gestational diabetes. Depression and loss of income are also of concern. Weintraub says she experienced severe muscle atrophy after five months in bed and was barely able to hold her newborn son when he was born at full term. I remember going into the grocery store for the first time in, I was carrying my child and I'm walking so painfully slow. I could barely walk. And I remember people looking at me with pity because I'm like trying to get the items into the cart, hold my baby, push the cart. And even that little bit of being out in the world was so difficult. So there's so many things that go along with bed rest that we really just don't address or talk about enough. For women who may be on bed rest right now, Matola and her colleagues have devised a set of exercises that can be done while lying or sitting in bed, which helps reduce the loss of bone density and muscle mass. Weintraub's book, Knocked Down, is available now online and wherever books are sold. You can find more information about Aileen Weintraub, 
Dr. Michelle Matola, Dr. Cynthia Jamfrey-Bannerman, and all of our guests on our website, RadioHealthJournal.org. For more behind the scenes, follow Radio Health Journal on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our writer-producer this week is Polly Hansen. Our production manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Nancy Benson. Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal. I remember the guy on the other end being like, what's going on? There's a lot of commotion. And I think I said, yeah, as it turns out, I'm having a stroke and I'm in the ER, so can I call you back later? How heart disease can fly under the radar until it's too late. Then is aspartame too good to be true? You do see reduction in weight, you see reduction in liver fat and other markers of adiposity, and you see reductions similar to what you would expect to see or you do see with water. All that and more on Radio Health Journal. I'm Elizabeth Westfield, host of Radio Health Journal. If you enjoy listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. So one of the long-term goals of extrasolar planet research is to find that kind of planet that could host life. How high-res telescopes are leading the way in this search. Then... If you don't know how to play soccer and you don't appreciate the intricacies of the game, then you're bored watching people pass the ball around in the field and apparently nothing happening. Why does everyone but the U.S. seem to love soccer? I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Radio Health Journal for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more. And check Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify for a library of past programs. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and information about our guests at RadioHealthJournal.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Radio Health Journal. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.